1: Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles Podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast
2: for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan
0: Johnson. Welcome back. It's Thursday. That means tomorrow's Friday, and then that means that the weekend is just around the corner. Hopefully everybody's had a great week so far and uh, you're not so full of stress that uh, you want to eat yourself unhealthily. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm tired. I'm trying to knock this. uh, It's pretty late when I'm doing the editing. Just finally got the kids down to bed. But the story is worth it, okay? You're going to talk about two friends who travel from New York. Two public hunting ground in Ohio, and lay down an absolute giant. And they did it by one. They did it one way, and that was because they went in deeper than any other hunter on the public ground, and they did their uh, they did their scouting online. So they had a somewhat of a game plan going into this hunt, and it paid off on. Well, I'm not going to tell you, but this is an exciting podcast because it's public land hunt, two buddies, and uh, I think uh, I think a tradition has started because of this buck that they ended up shooting. So, the story's awesome. Make sure you guys uh, take a look at it. But before and as always, we get into this podcast. Matt Klein from Exodus Trail Cameras has a few words to say about no glow black flash and their cameras.
2: So no glow, black flash. Essentially, these are just marketing terms, and what they really stand for is the IR spectrum. Um, you know, we all are kind of familiar with infrared cameras. We get those black and white pictures at night. Some of us aren't excited about them, but um, you know what they were designed for is to the spook less game. And essentially, what the red flash cameras are is what we call 850 nm on the IR scale. So that's right at the peak of where human um, sight is able to pick up black flash or no glow cameras are at about 940 nm on the ir scale which is essentially out of our realm or our spectrum of sight Um, so what happens is we are unable to pick up those wavelengths past a few feet and i think some people can see them pretty close up but you know if you were walking uh through the woods at night and and a black flash or no glow camera went off you know, a few feet away, you probably wouldn't notice it. It's just that it's that hard to pick up. Why you should care about that is actually pretty interesting. If you like to hunt mature deer and you're in the mature deer, you should probably care. And the reason why is, you know, when we were developing the Exodus lift, our debut camera, and we were kind of putting Exodus together, uh, we got about 5 million pictures during the development process. And we were actually working on a black flash and a red flash camera at the same time. And, through all of our testing and those millions of pictures, we actually have data that shows that we got about 33 or 34, between 33 and 34% more more pictures of mature bucks with the black flash cameras than we did with the red flash cameras. So, you know, it's an age old debate whether flashes spook deer or not. And I'm here to tell you that they do. Black flash is not a, an exception to that, but it spooks a lot less deer um, when we look at the black flash versus the red flash and for me and the way that I hunt, um, that's a, that's a big deal. And that's, that's reason enough that, uh, we actually didn't even release a red flash camera because we didn't want to put out a product that, uh, that would be at risk of spooking deer.
0: If you want to find out more information about Exodus trail cameras, be sure to visit exodusoutdoorgear.com. Now let's get into today's podcast with Jake Sullivan and the story of his public land monster. On the phone with me now is Jake Sullivan. How's it going today, Jake? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. All right. So before we get into this story of how you and your buddy shot this giant deer, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from and what you
1: do for a living? Oh, I'm from a small town in western New York. Um, and I am a registered nurse, um, at, uh, one of the hospitals, of, uh, sorry, one of the hospitals here. Um, I work on the heart transplant and artificial heart floor.
0: Oh, wow. That's nuts. I, you must, <laughs> you must see some crazy things then I take it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a good time there. I really enjoy it.
0: Okay, cool. So. You're you're a registered nurse, you work in a crazy environment. I take it it's a high-stress environment?
1: Uh, it can be at, at times, but uh, we usually do a pretty good job uh, taking care of our patients so it doesn't get too crazy there.
0: Okay. All right, so you sent me this video, and I watched it like 30 times, and I, w- I wish a deer this big would come through uh, one of my shooting lanes, but let's start at the very beginning and just a little bit about how long you've been bow hunting and who got you involved in bow hunting. And then we'll kind of, uh, follow the story up to, uh, to this buck.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, I started bow hunt- Well, I started hunting, um, probably four years ago now. Um, uh, so I got pretty late into it. Um, no one in my family hunts, well, no one in my immediate family hunts. So I really don't have anyone to tag along with. And, uh, uh, actually, uh, one of the uh, guys I met, um, his name is Bill Fox, and he's uh, one of the big hunters around here, and he teaches a lot of the um, hunter safety courses, and he kind of took me under his wing and um, showed me the ropes, and now I kind of do most of the hunting on my own. Me and me and Chad do it together, my, my buddy who went to Ohio with me. and um, From the very beginning, I was interested in bow hunting, and Um, I think the second week of my, uh, first season, I actually took a doe with a bow and I was hooked ever since. So the very first, the very first
0: uh, year you ever, uh, went out bow hunting, you were successful and and you were able to kill a doe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then you, and then the, the bug bit you and then you got the fever. Exactly. Yeah. All right. (laughs) So. You live in, you said Western New York, right? What right. kind uh, what kind of hunting, what's, what's hunting like in Western New York?
1: Um, I mean, there's a lot of people hunt, um, the deer aren't, um, are, aren't too big. I mean, you can definitely find, um, 150, 160 class deer, but, um, it's pretty uncommon to find, uh, deer, you know, three and a half year old and older, um. I think the past four or five years I've been hunting, I've only really had a counter with one deer that was three and a half year old. So, um, high, high pressure and, um, really a low age structure in New York, I guess. Okay. So with that
0: said, then a lot of what, what do you hunt on, on, uh, when you're, when you're hunting in New York, is it a lot of public ground? Is it, um, private? ground? Uh, is it, I mean, do you own your own property? What's, uh, what's the situation when you, when you're actually hunting in New York?
1: Uh, I was actually uh, pretty lucky to, uh, be introduced from, um, the older gentleman who got me into hunting to some of his friends who had some land around here. So I have, uh, like 70 acres or so that are pretty much just me and another guy that use it. And then, um, my, my buddy, Chad, he has like two to 300 acres that his family hunts. And I kind of tag along with him every once in a while. And within that area, um, that he hunts, there's a lot of public land that we also try and take advantage of.
0: Okay. That's cool. Now with your job, um, Are you able to get out just about what, first off, when does the season start in New York as far as archery is concerned?
1: Uh, the bow season opens up October 1st, October 1st. Yeah. Okay. And
0: then when does, when does the gun season kick in? Uh, like mid
1: November, mid November.
0: Okay. So the gun hunters, is it rifle or just shotgun?
1: Uh, it used to be just shotgun, but now rifle is kind of being introduced. Okay. so. So.
0: it looks sounds to me like uh there's still some rutting activity when the gun hunters come out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you and your buddy Chad, I mean, have you always hunted together? When did you start when did you start making these trips to Ohio?
1: Uh actually this past year was our first time going outside of New York and hunting, so.
0: Okay. So what what made you and Chad say, "Hey, I need we're going to get out of New York." and we're going to go hunt another state. Why, what made you decide to, to do that?
1: Um, I feel well, old Chad actually was the one that brought up the idea to me. Um, I think it was listening through listening to one of the where to hunt podcasts about, you know, getting out of our comfort zone and pushing ourselves and doing something right, different, different. And, uh, and that's what we did. We found, you know, we just did a quick Google search and found, you know, some of the top public um, areas that we can go. That's within, you know, a five, six hour drive. And Ohio was, was the one we chose.
0: Okay. So then what was, I guess, when you guys started doing your research on where to hunt um, this, you know, this public ground, what to do when you got there, what kind of research did you do before making that trip?
1: Um, for the most part, I mean, we just, we just Googled different um, public, public areas. And then from there we looked at some, uh, satellite maps and, uh, we just kind of went from there. We didn't really, didn't really do too, too much, um, research outside of Ohio. We just kind of found a spot that, um, if we went there and there wasn't You know, any activity, the first stop that we had, we can travel within, you know, an hour or so and find a different, different public area to go to.
0: So you had a, you had a backup ready just in case this one was like, had a lot of hunters there or didn't produce in the next couple of days. You kind of had, not only did you have your main public ground that you wanted to go check on, but you had some backups just in case.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. So
1: when, when
0: was this trip?
1: Uh, I think we left, uh, the Friday before Halloween.
0: Okay. Uh, so the, you, your goal was to hunt the first, uh, what was it? The first week of no, the last couple of days of October and the first week of November.
1: Yeah, we had, I think, I think we had five days total, um, and we left Friday after, um, Chad got out of work and I had off until like Wednesday and I think Chad needed to be back at like Tuesday, so.
0: Okay, um, so one whole week to get it done. What what kind of gear uh, were you taking as far as tree stands were concerned? Um, you know, we do the the gear podcast here too, so I'm kind of curious what kind of gear, you know, you're going into a raw set, you, you don't have anything pre-hung or pre-scouted. What was your, I mean, did, did you go there before the season started to do any scouting?
1: No, it was all, all from online looking at Okay. Uh, the satellite maps. Um, we brought three hang-on stands. I think we had a, a Lone Wolf, a uh, Muddy stand, and then I had a uh, XOP stand that I brought. Gotcha. Um, and then two sets of sticks. Uh, but I mean, for the most part, we were together for the whole time, so I we only brought two stands and one set of sticks, and then all the camera gear with us. Okay. You like? Uh, do you film most of your hunts? Uh, this past year was our first time doing that.
0: Okay. Did you like it?
1: Oh yeah. Loved it. Yeah.
0: Cool. Now, so, so, you know, you're on the road, you know, you get to your, what time of the day or night when you actually got into, I mean, were you guys planning to stay in a hotel? Did you have tents or a camper or what was the story there?
1: Yeah, we had, uh, we had a tent and, um, we left, You know, like I said, Friday after check out of work. So we pulled in around like midnight at our campsite. The area we went to had um, several different campsites throughout the property. Okay. And we we just pitched a tent, blew up an air mattress and slept for a few hours and got up that morning to hunt. All right. Now I want
0: to know the very first morning, you know, uh, so your first hunt was a morning. You've never been to this. You really didn't know what you were doing. Right. What what was going through your head as far as strategy was concerned when you woke up, you had your stands on your back, and you started walking into the timber? What was your
1: goal? Uh, well, we, we had a couple of spots picked out that we wanted to try and sit at, you know, before we even got to Ohio. So um, we went to our first spot. We, we parked his car, and we got out, and we were getting a change outside of the car, and, you know, we're all excited and, you know— had high hopes for the weekend for that morning sit sit and uh before we knew it, another truck parked right behind us and you know, we started chatting with them and uh we come to realize that there's going to be a lot more guys out there than we were in t- intended there to be so yeah uh yeah we were, we were kind of bummed the first morning we you know we, we still hiked that spot we hiked back in i don't know maybe uh half mile a mile and we we hung our stands and I think we saw one deer that morning and probably four or five guys. So
0: so yeah. were, did they go deeper than you or was the area that you, you know, you looked on a map, you said, Hey, this looks good. We're going to go here first morning. Was it a popular area? I mean, did it look like, you know, I know maps, maps can tell you a lot, but they also can, won't tell you anything as far as maybe a, a popular trail walked by hunters. What was right. the scenario
1: there? Yeah, uh, when we set up, we we kind of we would start heading in one direction, and then we would get a flashlight shined in our direction saying, you know, another hunter telling us that he's over there. So then we kind of t- took off the other way, and we kept kind of zigzagging through the, the woods until we just found a spot. It was about to get light out, so we just figured, you know, we'll climb up and see what happens. And then we ended up setting right on, like, a bike path or, you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> so it was – uh pretty disheartening you know
0: okay so the you know you said you saw one deer that first set what was I mean how many hunters did you run into that morning
1: uh that morning uh like I said maybe like four or five okay and, um it wasn't I think we had one small uh like spike buck come under us uh in, in the morning and then it got to be like 9 30 and um, we had a guy walk right under us and um, we just gave up, you know, so okay.
0: that was, our, that was our first morning. Okay. So the first morning comes through, uh, pretty unsuccessful, pretty disappointing. What was your plan now? What was the goal? I mean, were you like, Hey, we're out of here. I mean, with it, with, you know, how many more days were left? Did you have like six or seven more days of hunting left?
1: Yeah, we, well, we had, uh, I think four more after that first morning. So that afternoon we just picked a different spot that we had originally planned to go to um and we didn't find as many hunters but we didn't find any deer also we we had a lot of trouble finding any sign um we we really it was the weather was real warm that first weekend that we were down there so uh a lot of the deer weren't really moving and we just kind of Tried to make the best of it, and that that sec, that first evening we didn't um, we didn't see anything. I don't think so. We were really bummed after that first night. Right.
0: So, you know, you ran into a ton of hunters. There was no deer movement. I mean, you guys knew you knew enough that hey, maybe the weather's also part of, uh, playing a role in in this lack of deer movement. But you had two sits in. What was the terrain like of this property that you were hunting?
1: Um, it was. It was a mixture of like hardwood, mostly hardwoods and um, a lot of different uh, like streams and ponds kind of strewn about the land. Okay. Uh, and, and there was, the property was logged a while, while ago, so there's a lot of logging roads and that's what most of the hunters use to kind of get around. I think the property um, had like 30 to 40,000 acres or something, so we had a lot of room to work with, but... There was a lot more people than we thought were really were originally going to be there. So, okay, um, a what? lot, a lot more uh, elevation that we than we were used to in Western New York too. So that I took some, yeah, up and down, a lot of up and
0: down. Yeah, I got a couple properties like that where, <laughs> yeah, if you want to get to the good spot, you're gonna break a sweat. Right. So all right, you got, you got, a, it, your first two hunts were kind of a bust. Now what? day two starts you know Uh, you're going in you're you're getting ready to go in again did you move to a completely different area or what's the story there
1: so the that night we kind of planned out that we were going to um wake up a little later and kind of take that morning off it was going to be warm anyway and we're gonna kind of drive around and see what we could find you know uh see where people were parked and just see how the train looked like, you know, from a, um, actually driving around point of view. So we, uh, we did that the first morning or the second morning. Um, and, uh, we ended up checking out one of the spots we had, uh, originally found when we were scouting. And, uh, we, we found that the road leading to it had a gate, a locked gate. So, uh, that was, a uh, you know exciting for us because we figured that a lot of people weren't weren't wanting to put in the work to get back there so um that was our um our plan for the evening to go down that road
0: okay so when you did you go back and get all your gear and uh you you found the spot that you wanted to hunt what was going through your mind now i mean did you did you end up seeing any hunters that that uh at that parking spot
1: um, when we came back that evening uh, no one was no one was parked at the gate so uh, we figured that we would just go through with the plan and uh, that, that that was actually the night that we um, ended up seeing that buck for so, the, for the first time yeah for the first and last time <laughs>
0: oh, for oh so this was a, a, a short a short vacation yeah okay yeah. all right now it's starting to get good here alright so you park your car Um, no one was there. Mm -hmm. So tell us a story about from the walk from the truck to where you ended up, um, you know, to where you ended up hanging the tree stand and tell us why you hung the tree stand, where you hung the tree stand.
1: Right. Uh, so we got all of our gear on. We, you know, we each had a stand. Chad had, uh, the sticks and I had some of the camera gear um and it was and it was like 70 degrees out so we knew it wasn't going to be a pleasant hike and um we just start heading down this road um and i mean Im- immediately we saw you know uh, rubs on the side of the road like we'd haven't even seen a rub at this point so it was good to, to see that there was actually you know bucks in the area um And we just kept hiking down this road and the the road went on forever. I mean, we were on it for a good two miles until we like ducked into some, uh, hardwoods just to see what was there. And, um, it was really open. It was like kind of, uh, a top of this, of a ridge was, was open and was the only field that was actually like planted with anything. I think it was planted with hay that had been harvested, you know, a, a week or so before. So that the hay bales were still there. And, um, we kind of got a good vantage point from up there and we, we found kind of an area that we wanted to head to that was down below. And, um, uh, we started, you know, making our way down there and we ended up finding like, a like a swampy, uh, like pond that kind of ran a quarter mile in in either direction. And, on the other side of the pond there was this really tall ridge and from looking at our maps on our phone we knew that on the other side of that ridge there was a pretty uh, uh good moving uh, stream so the ridge was pretty isolated there and we knew that that's where we wanted to go so
0: okay uh, so the terrain here that uh you know you kind of had like a a pond marsh type area right uh-huh and then a big ridge leading up and then, uh, a, on the other side of that ridge was a a, a stream or a creek, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. So, did did the two waterways in the ridge kind of create a pinch point? Right. Okay. I see now. Um, then, then where your stand was located at was that right on the edge of that marshy area and the And then that ridge. So it was kind of like there was, you were in the pinch
1: point, right? So we actually, we found, I don't know if it was like a beaver dam or what it was, but it crossed this marsh area. And we, we walked across this, uh, this dam and we went up, we started climbing up the ridge and we figured that we would get, um, if we could find like a bench on top of the ridge on one side of the ridge maybe on the down, downwind side of the ridge that we would kind of hang out there and see what we found. And, uh, we, we made our way up it to through like the thickest, some of the thickest stuff I've ever went through. Yeah. And, uh, immediately we found like scrapes and rubs and uh, we just, it got, it was like two thirty at that point. So we knew we had to find a spot, you know, soon. So we, um, we we hung a stand on the downwind side of one of the uh, first scrapes that we saw, and we just kind of hope for the best. Right. So, I mean, did it look? I mean,
0: you know, sometimes I can walk into uh, an area and you get this feeling like something something's here or something is making its way through here. Was that kind of the feeling that you were get getting with that sign that you were seeing?
1: Yeah, I mean, we we knew it was the best sign that we've seen so far. We um I mean there was nothing that indicated there was like a a big buck there you know it's right. kind of hard to see to, to notice something like that but we saw a sign the most um concentrated sign that we've seen so far so we figured you know what the heck we'll just you know set up and see what happens Got yeah, yeah Now it's 2:30 you're you know you're you're
0: setting up your stand and uh any what what happens from the time that, you know, as you're setting up your stand, anything anything happen? Do you see any deer while you're setting your stand up? You know, as you're climbing up the tree, were you getting a better idea of what this area was like?
1: Uh, so we were sitting up there for a couple hours, and we hadn't seen anything at this point And we're just kind of, you know, talking back and forth to each other, you know, uh, mostly uh, not in a positive manner, just kind of <laughs> you know, what are we doing here, kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, um, we heard a uh, like a twig snap up on the ridge, and that kind of snapped us into focus. And uh, uh, Chad let out a uh, a grunt from his grunt tube, and we just kind of hunkered down for a little bit. And um, before we knew it, we we had. Well, I, I saw at first Chad was still behind me and, and I, I stood up as soon as I saw the antlers because I knew that this was a deer that I would shoot if it got close yeah and um I stood up and I was already in position and he he wasn't you know he was in a hurry so I knew that I had time to kind of calm myself okay and um uh I was already standing and I, I feel my heart, you know, just beating out <laughs> in my chest. <laughs> now, then, I got to, before we
0: get, you know, to the money shot, so to speak, sure, uh, sure. did you do any trimming of lanes, or did you set up in trees that uh, allowed you a shot to certain trails?
1: I I don't think we did any trimming for this. Uh, I think we just kind of, we, like, after, you know, two and a half, three miles of hiking, we were just ready to get in a tree. So we just... Right. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't so thick where we wouldn't have any opportunity as a shot. And so we kind of figured once we got high enough, we'd be able to, you know, find, find a spot if the opportunity presented itself. So you saw him, you grunted and did,
0: did that grunt change his direction? I mean, was he coming your way anyway, or did that grunt, you know, change his direction?
1: Uh, I mean, we really don't know if we we grunted without seeing without seeing him and then he then we, he appeared after so, okay
0: all right uh, so it could have
1: it could have yeah we it's kind of hard to say but right. uh we we like to think that we did call him in but you never really know
0: yeah i mean telling the story to your buddies that's what i'd say i called him in i called him in that's for sure now right. okay was he working his way he was he was upwind from you right so I mean, did you have the wind the entire time or was there ever a period where you kind of got scared or you're like, oh, man, I hope he I hope he takes this trail or that trail or something like that?
1: Um, yeah, he, I mean, he was upwind for me from the whole the beginning. So I, the, unless he went off the cliff behind me, there was no way he was going to, um, you know, get my scent. So uh, I wasn't worried about that. Um, the direction he was headed was towards me, um, almost immediately. Um, uh, so we weren't really, we weren't really trying to, you know, make him go a different direction and we just kind of sat tight and hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So
0: he's, you know, he's working his way towards you. Now what?
1: Um, well, I, I was already standing, uh, and then probably after a minute of me watching this deer, Chad goes, "Oh, a good buck, a good buck," and I was like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> like, <laughs> so he, uh, <clears throat> you know, he's doing his camera thing, and I'm, I'm just focusing on this deer, and he's, you know, he's making his way towards me, and um, I really only had one spot that that I could get us, you know, from, from me, kind of judging where he was going i kind of looked ahead and i knew i only had one spot that like he had to make it to so um he starts going down this hill towards us and he's heading right where i need him to go and he's i it almost looks like he's kind of posturing up like he did hear the grunt and he was kind of looking for a fight especially when he was up top um kind of rubbing his antlers on uh the brush above you know so he, he starts coming down and as soon as he gets behind a tree, he's probably 15, uh, yards away. I, uh, I pull back and as soon as he steps out from the tree, I, you know, let, let let loose my first arrow. And, um, I actually, I, I'm not proud of it, but I hit him in the spine, you know? Yep. hey, that um, happens. Right. You know, first time I've ever done that. Um, so I was kind of surprised, um, uh, surprised at you know the result of that, you know. So actually on on the way in, um we were probably a mile into our our walk to the spot and um Chad looks at my um my arrow quiver and uh I only had two arrows with me and I you know he starts giving me some shit about, you know (laughs) only having two arrows. And I was like, oh well you, you only need one, you know. I have two, you know, that's more than enough. So then, you know, I, my first arrow hits him in the spine, he drops him, and I'm like, oh, wow, you know, now a lot of pressure is on this, my last arrow. So, you know, Chad, if you listen to the video, Chad's, you know, talking talk me through it. He's like, you know, take your time, take your time. <clears throat> so, you know, I take my time, and I wait, I wait for him to kind of spin around and present a good shot for me. And um, luckily, my second arrow um, went, you know, right into his lungs and uh he expired you know not too long after that so nice all right so I got two questions here sure
0: the first question is was how did you guys determine who was hunting
1: (laughs) um I don't I don't know I mean I think it wasn't anything that was really mentioned. That was just, I think Chad was just like, all right, you can hunt this time and I'll hunt the next time or something like that. So it wasn't like we drew straws or flipped a coin. It was just kind of, um, Chad was nice enough to, you know, let me go first. So, okay. uh, Go ahead. Uh, before the morning and evening before this, we, we both took our bows with us and, um, you know, I think we were kind of like, there's no, no way we're both going to get a shot. So why bring two bows? So he just thought, you know, you, you bring yours first and we'll see what happens. All
0: right. So the next question is you are, you, you just shot a giant. What is running, you know, and you just shot that second arrow and now this deer's dead. You're in your tree stand. Now what's going through
1: your mind? Uh, I mean, I was just, I couldn't believe it. I mean, uh, neither of us could believe it. We were just sitting there looking at each other, had no words to explain what just happened, especially after, you know, the night before having no hope that like we were going to see anything, you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, this giant deer comes, comes by and we, you know, we end up killing it. I mean, it was, it was a complete 180 in emotions. You know?
0: So are you chalking this up to pure luck? Or do you feel that you guys did enough planning and knowing what to look for in the terrain features to say that, hey, some skill was involved in, in killing this buck?
1: Um, I think some of it had to do with luck, you know, with the one day where we're in this area, this, you know, this buck walks by and gives us this great shot. But um, I also think that you know, we, we kind of made our own luck and all the preparation that we made before, you know, we, we, we had this spot picked out. It was just, you know, the second day that we were hunting that we ended up going to it. So, um, I mean, we, there's definitely some, some luck and some just, um, you know, us being, you know, I don't know how to explain it. Just, just us doing, doing our work, putting in work and, and finding the spot so I guess a little bit of both right right
0: all right so (laughs) I just love how you guys you walk three miles in there you set up a stand and this giant comes by on the second day of your what it's five or six day hunt and you smoke him when you got out of the stand and you start walking up on this deer did you know, I mean, did he look like he was getting bigger as you walked up on him? Is this, is this the biggest buck you've ever shot?
1: Oh yeah, this is, this is the only buck I've shot with a bow. So this is my my first buck with a bow. Um, and I've, i probably only shot maybe two or three bucks other than this one. So, um, so, probably,
0: so this is, right. this is your very first buck
1: with a bow. Yes. Wow. Wow. So a lot a lot of people probably won't you know be happy that I said that, but hey, that's all right. Yeah. I you
0: know what? I I always I always uh like to give shit to people like first timers or like kids who, you know, they walk out to the timber, their very first time and they shoot a a booner, their very first deer they ever they ever shoot. You know, you got this is your first buck. But, you know, hey, it happens. And right. that that deer's gonna be on your wall for the rest of your life
1: yes um, <laughs> so
0: you walk up to him i mean did you did you had it soak in you know had it soaked in that you killed a giant i mean what was running through your head
1: uh you know, walking up to him he was he was one of those deer where you, he just keeps on growing as you as you get closer to him and it got to the point where you know he he was the biggest seer that any of, any of us, you know, Chad or I have ever, you know, seen. So, um, when I came up to him, I was, I was almost afraid to touch him. Cause I was like, is this, is he really dead? Is he going to, you know, gore me when I get, you know, just enough close to him for him to, you know, spring on me. But so I was a little tentative, you know, to like, to get up to him. I don't know. It was like, it was a weird feeling. And then, you know, once I, you know, poked him and realized he was, he had was no harm to me that, you know, I was just, just amazed just that how big he was, you know, and we were, you know, we spent probably 10 minutes just looking at his rack, trying to count how many points he had. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I'm watching the video right now. How, what did you measure him at all?
1: Uh, once we got, um, back to camp, which was, uh, probably harder than shooting him, you know? We had a drag because we couldn't we couldn't drive out to you know the closest road to to get them. It was gated off, so we had to uh, you know drag them out and put them in our backpacks that we had to borrow from some other campers. And- <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wait a second. So you had uh, you you shot this deer. You know it was a two or three mile hike in. Did you quartered them in the field or did you? Yeah. Oh, you quartered him in the field. Okay.
1: Yeah. So we, we had to drag him down to that, you know, beaver dam, whatever that thing was that we, you know, crossed at, And, um, then we hiked out, you know, two and a half miles, got in our car and, uh, went back to the, our campsite and we knew that there were other hunters in the area and we were trying to figure out, you know, do we get like a, like a wagon to try and pull them in. Do we, you know, try and ask people if they have any other ideas, suggestions, cause we really never, you know, if we got a deer in New York, we would just drive a four-wheeler out there and, you know, bring it back. Um, and one of the, the campers there, you know, they had framed packs for us to use, um, which I, I have to thank them, you know, From the bottom of my heart, for from giving me those those packs because that I I have no idea how we would have gotten that deer out without them. It would have taken you hours to drag a deer miles, two miles. Right. Yeah. So we uh, you know, we 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 chatted with these guys. We showed them the video, and they were like, "Oh, that's awesome!" You know, here, take them. You know, good luck. You better hurry up because there's coyotes out there. So, so we you know get back and we hike the two and a half miles out to this deer and. Um, we uh, quarter them and we, we caped them the best we could, you know, from being on the ground because we knew he wanted to, to save the, the hide for the taxidermist. So, um, you know, we're quartering up this deer and we hear coyotes all around us and, you know, not that they would ever, you know, pose any harm to us, but it's kind of, um, you know, kind of an just eerie unnerving. Yeah. Kind of yeah. unnerving. <laughs> so we finally, uh, quarter them get in our packs and we hike out the two and a half miles which um i swear to this day was the hardest thing i've ever done in my life was like packing out those deer that deer it was just how many trips it's i don't don't know how much you weighed but he had to be well over 250 pounds i don't know yeah it was a heavy deer
0: so was it one trip two guys took you you know in you quartered them up and then you, you hauled them
1: out yeah just one trip back once we once we got him quartered.
0: Gotcha. So we got him quartered. It only took, you know, one trip to, uh, haul all the meat out and definitely the antlers. Um, yeah. so yeah. you got back to camp, you whipped out uh, a tape. What did, uh, what did the gross score?
1: Um, I mean, we've, we've never, we don't have any, you know, training and scoring, but I get, we amateur scored him at about like 178 or so. I mean, it was, I I haven't got him back from the taxidermist yet. I'm eagerly waiting for my taxidermist to call me. So um, I don't know exactly what he scored. Well, he's a booter. Uh,
0: What was he? Describe to the audience what his rack looks like.
1: Uh, So his right side uh, was pretty typical looking. Um, He had a couple. So he was a typical five on his right side. And his G2, I think, had a couple stickers on it. And then his left side was just a mess of antler, I guess. Um, I don't even know how to describe it, but th- there was a total of, I think, 18 scorable points. So his left side had um, like 12 of them, I guess. So it's uh, a very unique-looking rack. I I really don't know how to describe the left side, but there would be pictures on your website, I'm sure. So. Yeah
0: he's it's definitely got some trash on there but he is a giant. I mean his body looks easily 2 I mean easily 250. Right. So you, you your first buck is a Boone and Crockett caliber deer. What is in store for you now? I mean yeah. are, are you ready for a couple seasons of disappointment?
1: Uh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> after I shot him I knew that I would be lucky to ever shoot a deer bigger than him. So Um, next year, we're going to go back to the same place. We're going to the same, same Ridge. And I told Chad that I will videotape the whole trip if I need to. So, um,
0: that's awesome. Did you, uh, did he, now you killed this buck, right? You still had some vacation time left. Did, did Chad get a chance to hunt the rest of that trip? Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me?
1: No, say, say that again.
0: Uh, Chad, I mean, okay. You shot, you know, you shot your buck all the way back there, and you drug him out, and you, you had your success. Did now before you went went home? Did Chad get an opportunity to hunt the rest of that vacation?
1: Yeah, so we actually left our um, our stands and the camera arm on the tree, uh, and we had plans to come back the next you know the next day and either sit in the same tree or take the take the stands down and move down the ridge a little bit because uh we kind of wanted to go where the deer came from so uh we ended up doing that and as we went down this ridge the sign got like more and more promising and we um i don't know we, we we had high hopes for you know, Chad getting something, but he, we ended up not, not seeing anything the next, um, couple of days we were there. Uh, so, um, I still owe Chad one, one Boone and Crockett there. (laughs) Well, uh,
0: good luck on that. owing somebody, a Boone, (laughs) but, uh, so it sounds to me like you found, uh, you found a decent piece of property and you found a location that, not a lot of other people are willing to walk that far. To, um, I mean, are you guys looking at doing anything else uh, as far? I mean, are, is your plan to go back there the same exact time of year?
1: Uh, yeah, we're gonna go back a week later, um, but the same same place. All right. So. It,
0: are you going back a different uh, week because of that's how your schedules are worked out, or? you you feel that, you know, if you go a little later, you may run into less
1: people. Uh, I think we're thinking maybe there'll be more, um, activity. I think we missed the rut maybe by, uh, a week or so. So if we go back, uh, we hold off another week, maybe we'll, we'll have more action to see. And hopefully it'll be a little colder. Not that, you know, the weather's the same every year, but I think, you know, if we get another week, it could be, you know, your chances of a cold weather, this increase.
0: Well, I tell you what, Jake, thanks for, uh, sharing your story and let me say congratulations and to the listeners out there. Yeah, definitely go to the website, follow the link from Facebook or Twitter, wherever you find this, go to nine chronicles.com backslash podcast, look for, uh, this and you're going to be able to see pictures. Uh, I'll post the video and, uh, you'll be able to see the story unfold visually as well. So thanks for coming on the, on the show, Jake.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. appreciate and,
0: it. Yeah. And tell, uh, tell Chad, good luck. I will. I will. I'll tell him. And there you have it. We're done with this podcast. The throat is getting a little raspy, so I do apologize, but I want to thank Jake on uh, telling an awesome story today. I want to thank all of you guys for tuning in and uh, taking part in this podcast. I want to thank Exodus Trail Cameras for uh, helping me out here with the show and uh, I also want to let you guys know that if you want to take part in either a Hunter Profile podcast or the new series that's uh, going to be introduced where we do product reviews on any type of product that you're happy with or you're unhappy with you can uh, tell us about it on a podcast so all you have to do is send me an email at chronicles at gmail.com and uh, let me know if you want to do a hunter profile podcast or if you want to do a product review let me know the product and let me know if you were happy or if you were sad with it and uh, we'll get you guys on the show but thank you very much and remember to wear your damn safety hunter.